0: Someone once shared that Benjamin Franklin wanted to interest people in Philadelphia in street lights. He wanted the lights of the city to be lit up or the streets of the city to be lit up with lights. But he didn't call a town meeting to discuss this. He didn't try to persuade people by talking about it throughout the community. Instead, he acted Upon what he considered to be a good idea, he hung a beautiful lantern on a long bracket in front of his house. He kept the glass polished and carefully uh, trimmed and lit the wick every evening at the approach of dusk. The lamp helped the people see the pavement ahead and made them feel more secure at night. Others began placing lights in front of their own homes. And soon, Philadelphia recognized the need for street lights. Let me encourage us all, those of us who are born-again believers, let's be the ones who light up our neighborhoods, our communities, the streets that we walk on, the workplaces that we are in each and every day. Let us be the light in those places. That's what God's called us to be. He's not called us to go and tell people how to be the light. He's called us to be the light. Here we look today in these verses and we see Jesus and his light in these verses. The Bible tells us also he said to them, Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed that what you hear with the same measure you use it will be measured to you and to you who hear more will be given for whatever has for whoever has to him more will be given but whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him and this is god's holy word god we thank you for your word we thank you for this time God, we pray that you would open our hearts, minds, and ears to hear from you this day. Speak to each and every heart that is here. For those of us who know you through your Son, Jesus Christ, challenge us today through your word. And those who don't know you, God, speak to them and encourage them in your word that th- of their need for a Savior. Help us, God, to be who you would have us to be as we serve you in this world. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Mark, we found last week, Mark has introduced us to Jesus' teachings through parables. Jesus shared with his disciples the reason that he was using parables as a teaching strategy. Jesus was aware that there are those who blasphemed against the Holy Spirit. And those who blasphemed against the Holy Spirit had no interest in accepting the truth so through teaching in parables, the truth would be concealed to them while it would also, but those who had ears to hear, those who had the desire to understand the truth, the parables would reveal truth to them. So with this being true, we have to ask the question, why? Why would truth be hidden to some and revealed to others well if we go back to chapter 3 verse 28 and 29 verses 28 29 we find jesus says surely i say to you all sins will be forgiven to the sons of men and whatever blasphemies they may utter but he who blasphemes against the holy spirit never has forgiveness but is subject to eternal condemnation so what does this really mean for us Well, the religious leaders refused to believe the works of the Holy Spirit through Jesus were actually of the Holy Spirit. They accused Jesus of working under the power of the ruler of demons. So these men were not open to hearing anything that Jesus had to say. So in essence, they did not have ears to hear, They not only denied him as the Messiah, but they denied the Holy Spirit even working in his life. Their refusal to believe Jesus seared their conscience. And they, uh, again, they did not have ears to hear. So basically, they were turned over to what we would call a reprobate mind. Jesus is sharing this here and and as he comes to this passage, today's passage, I shared last week that there's usually one main thing that Jesus wants us to get from each parable. And here he wants us to get our responsibility. You know, there we have a responsibility as born-again believers to display the truth. And that's found right here in the text. as As Jesus shares a parable about light, he begins by sharing the purpose of light. He asks the question, is a lamp to be put under a basket or a bed? Now, we know the simple answer to that. The simple answer is no. Understand that the lamp used in that day was not like the lamps that we have today. They were not lanterns that we have in our homes that might have been used by your grandfathers and grandmothers who, who around barns or even in a home if they didn't have lighting in the home. The lamps back then were more or less oil in a bowl with a wick in that bowls uh, circling around that oil And, and as long as the wick was in the oil and there was a fire lit on the wick there was an open flame there that oil kept it burning but it was an open flame there wasn't a glass covering to protect anything from it it was an open flame so whether you call it a lamp or whether you call it a candle it was basically the same thing So if these candles, these lamps were placed under a basket, it's safe to assume that the basket would extinguish the light. Then the candle and the lamp or lamp, it couldn't fulfill the purpose of it being a candle or lamp. So why, why, this is why we teach our little children you know, that little song, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Y'all remember the next verse, don't you? Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so we know we are not to put one under a bushel or a basket. But here he tells us also that we're not to put a candle lamp under a bed either. Now, to put an open flame under a bed, there's a great chance of the bed catching on fire. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, now you may not believe this. You may not believe this, but, you know, I I had a younger brother. He passed away in 1993, and he was very different from me and my sister. You know, those of you who have children, several children, you understand there's no two of them alike. Now, he's 6'2", 170 pounds when he passed away. He, He was an outstanding athlete, but he was the clown of the family. He was Iola in our family. (laughs) <laughs> so okay, y'all understand that, right? <laughs> yeah, he he was our clown. He he, this, this, he would aggravate the life out of you. Now, brother Brian gives he he was in school with, and they were about the same age, and he remembers him. My brother was this type of person. He always got caught. No matter what was going on, all sorts of mischief could go on. And then boys on the bus, they would hit him. He'd turn around and he was the one the coach caught. He'd be in class, they're passing around paper. He was the one the teacher caught. but, But he made a joke out of everything and he'd aggravate the life out of you. He was the affectionate one, the loving child. And I think that's why it just, it just broke my mother and father's heart because he was the one at six, two. He still sat in my dad's lap. My dad was five, five. Y'all remember him? Five, five, 140 pounds. He would still, I stopped sitting in his lap when I was six. He still sat in my dad's lap. He'd hug on mama, and she'd have to push him off of him. He'd hug on me, and I'd have to say, boy, get away. He'd hug on my sister, and she'd threaten to punch him in the mouth. He aggravated his classmates so that where his last week in school, they'd come to us and they'd tell us, uh, they, they told us after his passing, he was worse that week than ever. We didn't think we could deal with him. We didn't know what was going on, and he was saying goodbye. But when he was about 12 or 13 he done things I'd have got killed for. You know, when you're the oldest, the youngest usually gets away with a lot. Sorry, you only children, you know, you get away with too much anyway. But, but when you're the oldest, you recognize that youngest gets away with stuff that you would have never got away with. He was 12, 13, and he went looking for something. I don't know what he was looking for. I've forgotten what he was looking for. But he thought it was a good idea to light a cigarette lighter and go under the bed to look for what he was looking for. And he set the mattress on fire. Mind you, we shared a bedroom. You know, it just doesn't make sense to hide a light, a lamp, a candle under a bed, does it? It can it can do all sorts of damage. <laughs> to place a candle or lamp under a bed, you run the risk of doing damage or destroying the bed. But it's not that's not the purpose of the light or the lamp or the candle or the lamp. The purpose of it is not to destroy. We're a church. We here <laughs> We are we who are the church, we are to be the light of the world. That's our purpose. Our purpose in this world is not to destroy. It's not our purpose to tear down, to destroy, or to cause confusion. The Bible says in Proverbs 6 and 19 that God hates those who sow discord. So it, we did have to ask the question then. Jesus asked the question then, is it not to be set on a lampstand? So the obvious answer to that is yes. When you set a a light on a stand, then you can see brighter and further away. The higher the light is up, the further you can see. You know, that might be why the sun is so high. So we can see so far. If it was lower, we wouldn't see as far. Well, it would burn us up. But we wouldn't be able to see as far as we can actually see. (sighs) When we place a candle or lamp in a lampstand or candlestick, the light will be seen. And this light, it represents light and truth. Every born-again believer's life is to be the light of the world. Our life is to be the light of the world of the world Ephesians 5 and 8 says this for you were once darkness it doesn't say you were once in darkness it says that you were once darkness you and I we were at one time darkness that's who we were that was our personality that was who that was our thought process that's who we were well preacher I will say that a young age well before then you were darkness according to scripture but now you are light in the Lord Walk as children of light. So what does light do? It illuminates. So the question is, what is it that every born again Christian is to illuminate in the world? It's the truth of the gospel. We are to illuminate the truth of the gospel. It's hard to share with someone their need for the gospel if they can't see the truth of the gospel lived out in our lives. If our lives do not reflect the love and devotion to God and towards others, then we are not illuminating the truth of the gospel. Reflecting the truth of the gospel is a witness to every believer. So what I mean by that is this, if my life does not reflect the gospel, then I am no different than the religious leaders of Jesus' day. I can profess knowing God all that I want to profess it. But if I'm not willing to surrender my life to him and live out his truth in my life, then my witness is no good to anyone. Amen. And if I've truly been born again, I'm in danger of him just snatching me out of this world. Those of us who've been born again, we have been given the light of truth. We've been given the gospel for the purpose of sharing the gospel with the lost and dying in this world. And we cannot hide or misuse God's truth. Matthew 5 and 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So while there is a purpose for light, there's also a problem with light. The problem with light is found right there in verse 22. Jesus says, There is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. Jesus is saying here that things will be revealed. Often we think people are getting away with corruption, deceit, and sin. But there's coming a day when all things will be exposed. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 tells us that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. We're going to give an account for every deed that we do. We're going to give an account for every idle word spoken. God will shed light upon the darkness of our lives. And all of us have things in our lives that we don't want others to know. Many may say, well, my life's an open book, but that's, there's no truth to that. There's no truth to that. Wait a minute, preacher, you don't know me. I know this. If we were all open books, we wouldn't be continuing to learn from one another. What do I mean by this? Ask anybody who's been married long enough, and they'll tell you that they still don't know each other. Ayol and I have been married twenty. 20- 28 years, 29 years in two months. In two months, it'll be 29 years. And she still don't know me, and I certainly don't know her. <laughs> she surprises me. Lord, Taylor and I, we laughed this past week because we we would just she surprises us all the time. <laughs> now y'all, I don't know what y'all are thinking, but she surprises us all the time. I'll let you think what you want. <laughs> But I'm sure we do too. I, I, we, we pulled up the Chick-fil-A. Brother Brian, you're right. They love Chick-fil-A now. We wanted, they wanted ice cream late one, one night. We had left Walmart. We pulled into Chick-fil-A. And, you know, my name's Hilton, right? You say that through a drive through window, they're not going to understand what I'm saying. I, every t- I've never went to a drive through to ask me my name and they got it the first time. No, never. It doesn't happen. So I'm a thinking man. I I don't use my name. I, whatever name comes to mind is what I'll say. Depending on how many vehicles in front of me, I may say Chris. If there's more than one or two, I may say Mark. I may say Bob. I just I just throw out a name. Yes, chances are somebody in front of me may have the same name I throw out. I, I understand that, but I just throw out a name that they're. Chances are they're going to get. So we're in the drive-thru. And they said, and what is the name? I said, (laughs) "Jesse." Iola said, what? (laughs) 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 I knew it was on. And she said, you know, Chick-fil-A does things different. They have people outside. Kept getting your money and stuff so the girl comes through the window to to ask she said in your name i said well i only said jesse and we're trying to figure out who jesse is <laughs> the girl's laughing she said you know what they they put down jason <laughs> said, listen she I Iola went so far as she said when we got to the room, she said, I'm calling, I'm I'm texting Michael right now and telling him he needs to be uh, keep me in prayer because I'm sleeping with Jesse tonight. <laughs> 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 I can't make this up, y'all. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't make this up. <laughs> I knew it was on, I knew it was on, it was on. Y'all think I don't know where I'm at, don't you? We don't. We don't know each other. And we can assume that, well, I'm an open book. I'm I'm certain somebody's going to find out something new about you. You're not that open. We're not that open. (laughs) But here's what we better understand. God's bringing everything that's dark in our lives to light. So we have a responsibility to be the light in this world we also there's also a responsibility to hear the truth now now listen unsaved I, i've been speaking to the church now i'm speaking to you you have a responsibility to hear the truth you have this responsibility jesus says here take heed to what you hear let me ask who's competing for your attention right now I would venture to say that there are many voices competing for everyone's attention day in and day out. Your family, your extended family, your friends, your coworkers, workers your, your employers. They all want your attention in some way or another. However, Jesus is telling us that we must be careful that we hear his voice. And his voice is the loudest that we hear. We must be clear that what we are hearing from Him, the Lord's blamed for a lot of things. A lot of preachers blame the Lord for a lot of things. We get in the pulpit and often it, it was well, the Lord told me this, and and it ain't God; it's emotion, or it's an enemy. Because if it causes confusion, it's not the Lord. He's not the author of confusion. As a matter of fact, our Prove that. 1 Corinthians 14, says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So we need to make sure that the voice that we're hearing is his. And we can be sure that whatever we hear from him, it lines up with scripture and it points us straight to Jesus. There's some of you sitting in here right now, you're hearing two voices. One voice is sharing the truth with you. That voice is telling you that you need a savior and that Jesus is the savior of the world. That voice is is telling you that you are loved and if you repent of your sins that you will be forgiven. But what's also true is that there's another voice that's lying to you. That voice is telling you that you have time. That voice is telling you that you have other things that you need to accomplish first. It's telling some of you that you have more living to do. It's telling some of you that you'll fail. It's telling some of you that no one will believe you. Listen, folks, one voice wants to give you life, but one voice wants to take your life. One voice wants you to enter into the joy of the Lord. While one voice wants you to enter into the anguish of a lake of fire. One voice wants you to have an abundant life. While one voice wants you to suffer for all eternity. So when you hear that voice that leads to an abundant life filled with peace and hope and love and and joy, you must heed to what it tells you to do. And when it calls us to come to Jesus to receive salvation come when it calls you into a life deeper in commitment to to jesus then obey it when it calls you to a life of service surrender to it here's the truth folks the more you heed the voice of god the more you will hear his voice clearly and the more you will know the truth but the more you reject the voice of God, the less you will hear his voice and the less truth you will know. As they're coming to provide us with a song of invitation. We shared earlier that the light of God will expose all things. It will expose whether or not you have taken heed to the voice of God light will expose whether or not you've taken heed to the truth one day you will leave this world you will stand before the Lord and the voice that you surrender to today will be exposed so the question is whose voice are you listening to today can you hear Jesus voice the songwriter said I can hear my savior calling I can hear my savior calling I can hear my savior calling take thy cross and follow follow me every head's bowed every eyes closed my question is are you willing to to listen to jesus voice today are you willing to surrender to his voice and follow him if you will he'll place his light of truth in you will you today